something to say. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Project Shadow or hello if this is your first one. My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and I still have a cold. I'm sure you can hear it. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. I was hoping that it would be done by now, but it's not. I mean, it's mostly better, but you know, I apologize because I feel like I sound really crazy nasal. I hope you enjoyed yesterday's special episode number 666, Sympathy for the Devil, and I hope you liked that uh, intro song that I did for it. While I initially intended that to be a special kind of one-off just for that episode, I really kind of like it, so anytime we do any spooky topics, I think I'll pull it back out and use it again, so... Unless you guys really didn't like it, then let me know and I won't ever use it again. Okay, so I, I'm ready. Let's talk about Elseworlds. Okay, before we get into the spoiler talk, so if you haven't watched it yet, you can hang around for a bit. I'll definitely give you warnings before I go into spoiler territory. Elseworlds was an imprint that DC trotted out, I believe, in the 90s. I mean, that's when I have most of my memories of Elseworlds comics. And, yeah, they, they did some crazy stories. Um, some of my, my, my two favorite Elseworlds stories were, uh, I believe one was called Shaman, and it was basically a prehistoric Batman story, and it was pretty cool. And... I think the very famous, I believe it actually got a uh, animated treatment not that long ago, and that would be Gotham by Gaslight, where Batman, set in the Victorian era, goes up against um, Jack the Ripper. What's interesting is how they're using Elseworlds backwards from its original intent. You see, Originally, all of the characters in the DC universe existed in their own place. They didn't all, you know, exist in the same world. With the exception of a few crossovers, which occasionally happened. Now, when it was decided that all of DC continuity should exist in the same world, they did an event that we will be talking about a lot in the spoiler section called Crisis on Infinite Earths. And collapsed everything down into one world. And of course, being comic books, you know that this kind of simplicity could not last long. So, of course, they wanted to tell variant stories outside of continuity. And this is where the Elseworld stories came in. They would tell a story about one of your favorite superheroes, but they would change something about them. And that change would be often something radical. Like I said, the two that I mentioned being a prehistoric Batman and the other being Batman in the Victorian era facing off against Jack the Ripper. Those are pretty big changes, especially since you have Batman in London and 
I believe he was in London in the comic. They may, they may have put Jack the Ripper in Gotham. I, I can't remember. It's been a very long time since I've read it. But that way they could still tell their stories about these characters in strange and bizarre ways, but they wouldn't have to explain in continuity how this happened. These were the Elseworlds. They had nothing to do with the mainstream continuity. They just ran off and did their own thing. I think it was an interesting choice of title for this series. And I have to say, for me, I found it very exciting. Like, as soon as they announced that they were doing Elseworlds, I, you know, got to wondering, you know, how they were going to twist the characters and change the characters and what things that they were going to do. I didn't expect them to do the things that they did do. But all in all, it worked, and I really liked it. So, basic review time before we get into spoilers and all of those things that I said that I would warn you about. This may be my favorite crossover event. And I, I, I say that, you know, for a couple reasons. One, I giggled, I giggled, <laughs> I giggled like a school child through the vast majority of this of all three episodes like it made me so happy the characters that they chose to include along the way were wonderful um i don't think it's a spoiler to say that ruby rose's batwoman is in here because while that's been a main part of the publicity for the event yeah we're gonna talk about that a bit in spoilers I, I overall positive liked it liked how it worked really liked some of the stuff that they did with Clark Kent and Superman in here and we'll talk about that more in spoilers um overall I, I think they did a pretty good job I like how they found ways to include the various characters from the various shows I like some of the plays that they made on you know the changes that occurred in timeline it all in all it was an interesting series and my biggest question like i'm glad that it was only a three-parter because i think it told the story it needed to and it would have felt stretched to put it over more shows but one i i wish the legends had been included more than they were um at least one character that i can think of from legends of tomorrow does show up in this and that's awesome we'll talk about that in a minute once we get into spoilers but you know i an anomaly like this definitely would have shown up on their radar so i don't know i just I kind of want to see alternate versions of Sarah Lance. I mean, I guess that's what I'm really coming down to is I, I really want to know what the Elseworlds versions of, you know, Rory and, you know, the, the basic cast of like, what, what would have happened to Ray Palmer? What, 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 what? Oh, so many thoughts. So many thoughts. Yeah. But yeah. So, overall, it was good. And now, we are entering 
the spoiler zone. If you have not seen this show, series of shows, these three episodes, and you are not wanting to have anything spoiled for you, now is the time to back out. Okay? You have been fairly warned. Last call. Okay. Everybody gone that doesn't want to know anything? All right, so here we go. The basic conceit, which I'm putting behind the spoiler wall just because, you know, some people even try to avoid the spoiler, you know, the trailers. Um, the Barry and Oliver being switched was interesting. I like that they used that as a backdoor to do some deconstruction and some thoughts on their characters and characterization. I, I really like... The, the thing that I particularly liked was that they were very clear about how, you know, at least for uh, from Oliver's point of view, Barry's life was one of laughter and happiness and not a lot of suffering. And I, I, I feel the same way. And I think that's one of the reasons why last season of The Flash really didn't sit well with me. You know, Barry Allen to me is somebody who has a great sense of humor. And that humor is his coping mechanism for dealing with the world. And while I'm not against them showing him down or depressed or anything, I felt that it was a stretch to his characterization that, you know, didn't kept kept me from enjoying the show as much as I could. I mean, that's one of the things that I actually liked about the Justice League movie is that at least Ezra Miller's Flash had a sense of humor, was kind of wacky and kind of giggly about everything that was going on. He wasn't as dark and serious as all the other characters around him. And I like how they addressed that Oliver Queen can be overly self-serious almost to the point of parody. And I don't mean in the episode, I mean the character himself can almost be a parody of himself in how much suffering and pain he feels that he deserves in retribution for his crimes and many sins. I, I hope they take those lessons to heart in the writer's room and we will get, you know, a much more I'm not going to say free-spirited Oliver Queen, because I don't think we're ever going to get back to that outside of flashbacks of things that happened before he went to Leon Yu, because, you know, he's been through a lot. But it would be nice to see him a little less self-serious, and it would also be nice to see some of that get brought on to Felicity Smoke, because that's a very interesting thing that they've been doing this season on Arrow, where she has become almost as self-serious as Oliver and people have been commenting about how that's such a change for her. And while I don't think that they will fully walk that back, you know, so that we'll get back to an earlier state of Felicity smoke, but I'm hoping that she will see that the, you know, overly, serious, everything's a threat way that Oliver looks at the world is not necessarily the best way to handle things. Hopefully. So, yeah, I, I really like how they dealt with that, especially when it came to, you know, 
the, you know, Oliver having to learn to have fun because the Flash's powers work best when he's focused and just kind of having fun with it. I like that. That was fun to watch, as was, uh, you know, Stephen Amell in Tight Spandex. Um, but on the other side, you had Barry have to learn how to be Oliver Queen and kind of get in touch with that dark side of himself. And there was that wonderful line from Iris, you know, when this is all done, Barry Allen, I want you to come back to me. And he doesn't understand at first. And he says, of course, Iris, you know, when this is all over, I'll definitely come back. And she's like, no, I heard what you said when you were getting into the mind space of the Green Arrow. And I don't want you to lose yourself in that. And I was like, wow, that, that was beautiful. And again, hopefully something that will be brought along into the series as we continue. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. I like how that worked. That I really enjoyed seeing the ways that they reinterpreted the characters, you know, as they had to pretend to be who they were. I like that the uh, Arrow that Flash team, their first instinct was something's not right here. Let's knock him out and put him in the tube. I like that, that, that just, I don't know. There's something about that that just made me happy. Um, and Brian actually pointed out something that I thought was really interesting with all that. He, uh, said that, you know, the champagne that Iris was drinking was a trap because Barry would have known that he couldn't get drunk and he wouldn't have just walked over and drank it. And so that that was actually the trap that because, you know, she was suspicious to begin with, but because he went over and drank the champagne the way he did, that that was proof that he wasn't the Barry Allen that she knew. And I thought about that. And I was like, that's brilliant. I, I, cause I, you know, my mind didn't go there and that's a really nifty insight that it was a test and he failed it. And that's why they ended up in jail huh i'm hoping the writers actually had that in mind because sometimes you know as a fan you see something in the show that wasn't originally intended to be there that's a really cool insight and i'm hoping that that was something that they were thinking about especially since the flash being able to drink and not being able to drink is something that they brought up a couple times in the episode so we'll have to see but i thought that was interesting We'll come back and talk about more, including the debut of Batwoman after the break. And we're back. Okay, so Amazo. I, I'm hoping that this is not the last time we see Amazo. I, I wanted so much more, so much more. And yeah, I, that's all I'm really going to say about that because I don't want to spend the rest of the podcast talking about Amazo, but yeah, mm -hmm. I, I wanted more, I wanted a lot more than we got. Cause I had an, you know, I had assumed when we saw the first, um, 
teaser for you know Elseworlds that that was the monitor and I was like that's interesting because that would mean that they're setting up Crisis on Infinite Earths but they've teased us with Crisis on numerous occasions to the point where I just kind of ruled out that they would ever do Crisis but it looks like we may be heading we are well not maybe we are definitely heading there and that has severe ramifications for the series and we'll talk about that in a minute so ruby rose okay first off i don't like gotham i, I want to say that right off the bat i don't like gotham i don't like gotham i don't like gotham um i felt like at least to me the gotham that they included in this series and granted this was an elseworlds show so they have a chance to redo gotham for you know the next time we actually see it but for me it was too much the gotham from um the dark knight returns and while i enjoyed that comic and there's some things about it that i really really like like you know blowing up nazis um I really, you know, anytime you get to see Nazis get, you know, their butts handed to them in a fight, oh, I, I'm kind of down for that. But um, I, I think there, there's a certain level of overly cartoonish villainy that gets built into some of the, you know, some of these superhero settings sometimes. And a Gotham where basically the rich people drive around in armored cars with security around them and the poor people have to fend for themselves. Yeah, that, that, that was, that was a step too far for me. And I'm hoping that any other Gotham that we get to see, they'll back off a little bit on that. Cause yeah, I really, yeah, I, I don't want that. Having said that, Ruby Rose as Kate Kane. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I am neutral about the idea that she is Bruce Wayne's cousin, and I'm wondering if that was a lie or not. I, I don't, like I said, I'm currently in the process of rereading the uh, Batwoman comics. I don't recall her being related to Bruce Wayne at all. But again, that would be an easy way to explain why she's in Wayne Manor, whether it's true or not. Um, I'm personally, like, what I'm hoping that they do with her is they do a cross between Batman Beyond and um, um, Batwoman. Because, like with Supergirl, the shadow of Superman is going to be looming over everything. And I think it would be fun if in their version of Batwoman, Batman was irreparably, I can't even say it, irreparably harmed in a fight three years ago and has been training her to be his replacement. Much like in Batman Beyond, he's too old to go out and fight and he's training a new Batman to take his place. I think that that would be interesting for a couple reasons. One it gets rid of the necessity to create a bunch of characters around Kate 
to be support. And two, it, it, it mitigates the shadow of the bat. Because as with Supergirl, everybody kept waiting. When's Superman going to show up? When's Superman going to show up? When's Superman going to show up? Oh, there he is. You just handle it right away. Here's Bruce Wayne. You know, he's in a wheelchair now. Maybe do the thing where Bane broke his back, right? And they can't fix him. And so he's now wheelchair bound for the rest of his days. He can't go out and fight. But he's able to add his mind and his knowledge base to what Kate Kane does that may take away from her too much as her own hero. And that might be a good reason for them not to do that. But, you know, with Batman Beyond, having older Bruce Wayne there, I don't think took away from his ability to shine as his own Batman. So th there is a way to do that and a way to do that that works. I don't know if that's the way that they're going to go, but I, I, right now at least I feel that that would be a good way to do it just to get it out of the way because the way you don't want to do it is the way that Titans has been doing it where Batman is just this like shadowy presence in the background that you hear people talk about Bruce and Bruce this and Bruce that and Bruce this and it's too much and I, I don't like it you know I, I'm not a big fan of that you know you either Include a character or don't include a character. You don't just tease, maybe he'll show up. Maybe he'll show up. You know, it, it it's obnoxious and I'm not a fan. Um, And I don't want them to do that with Batwoman in any way, shape, or form. Having said that, I love the costume. I think the costume looked really good. Both her as Kate Kane and her as Batwoman. I liked the combat sequences. I liked them a lot. I, I don't really have a lot to say there. Other than, yes, more please. I mean, it, it was it was good. It was really good. And that's, that's happy making because, you know, it's been a while since we've had anything in the Bat Family done very well. And, you know, I'm glad that they actually did do something in, you know, with a character from the Bat Family well. <laughs> I am. It's, I, I wish it wasn't a shock by now that we were just used to it. Oh, it's they're doing Batman. That's going to be good. No, no. That's not something we can take for granted yet, and probably never will be able to. But yeah, yeah. I liked it. Um, Clark Kent. First of all, finally getting to meet Lois Lane. That made me happy because again. That's a name that has been floated out there. We got to meet her sister. You know, you know, at some point you're going to have to meet Lois Lane. I like that we met her. I like the actress who played her, though. I was shocked at how much she resembled Margot Kidder from the um, Christopher Reeves Superman movies. Okay, can we just have a moment? Am I the only one? who, when Superman was fighting Superman, kind of felt like that was, you know, Superman from Supergirl fighting Zack Snyder's Superman. I mean, I know they put him in the black and white Superman costume that the only thing missing was the mullet. Oh, Super Mullet, how we don't miss you. But, you know, it was, I don't know, there was something visual about the texture 
that they put on the evil Superman suit that to me really, really reminded me of Zack Snyder's Superman, the way it was played. I felt that the actor played it a lot more like Henry Cavill's Superman and getting to see a good Superman versus a bad Superman by also watching a well done Superman versus a badly done Superman. And I also felt like the, uh, when they were explaining why he wasn't a good Superman and where he messed up in being Superman, it was like, they just went onto a forum and grabbed complaints about man of steel and put them in the dialogue for the characters to say back to the evil Superman. Is it just me? Like, it really felt like that was what was going on there. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just doing what I usually do and reading too much into it. But it really kind of felt like that was what was going on there. And of course, you know, the big surprise at the end that this was the swan song for the Arrowverse Superman. That Lois is pregnant and that he and Lois are going to go to Argo City and raise the child there. It's brilliant. It's a wonderful way to sunset Superman because it's something that's really been bothering me, especially with this season of Supergirl, that, you know, the president's really making this big thing about how can we trust you when we don't know who you are. And I'm just like, have you had this talk with Superman? If not, you are racist and sexist and not come on. Come on, really, you sat down with Superman and said, tell me who you really are. I don't see that happening. And, you know, they had been clear that he had been on visiting Argos, you know, Argo City. And, you know, I, I'm, I, I like the way they handled it. I, I'm kind of sad to see the character go because it was one of the few good Superman characters we've gotten in a very, very long time. But I, I like it because it, it brings back the uniqueness of Supergirl. And, you know, with her being the only Kryptonian, you know, on Earth 38 for now, you know, it, it really adds to her specialness and uniqueness. Especially since it looks very obvious that they're doing Power Girl this season, finally. But I've talked about that way too much. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Okay. So last but not least, Oliver makes a deal with the Monitor and saves Flash and Supergirl. Then, of course, at the very end, we get the, you know, the story will continue. Fall 2019, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now, I'm going to say a couple things right now. I'm going to call it straight off the bat. One, it's going to be the first episode of the series rather than something that happens later. That the crossover is going to happen first. And it will be the possibly the last episode of Arrow. I know that's kind of a bold statement to make, but I... I it will, whenever it happens, it will probably be the last 
either the, the last episode of Arrow or the beginning of the series finale for Arrow. Why am I saying that? Because one, Oliver Queen is definitely going to die. I, I, I don't... I don't see another way out of it. Oliver Queen is going to die. He had to trade something. He had to balance the equation. And since Flash and... Well, actually, since Flash gets to live, because remember, the equation gets weird because Supergirl's not of this Earth. So he only has to balance out Flash. Something else has to happen to balance out Supergirl, and I think that's... Where Superman? Why Superman's going away? Because Superman's going away. So I'm not going to go into the whole big milieu of Crisis on Infinite Earths, but suffice to say, a super ultra bad guy called the Anti Monitor shows up. He's basically going to collapse the universe, all of the multiverses into one universe. Variant versions of all of the characters start running around. It's crazy. It's pandemonium. Characters live, characters die. Barry Allen is one of the characters that dies in Crisis. And he's re replaced by Wally West. So we'll see if that happens on the show. I doubt that will happen, but we'll see. Um, it, you know, anything's possible. Because if they do Crisis in a way that will be satisfactory to the fans... A couple things have to happen. One, the multiverse has to collapse on itself, which means that Supergirl will occur in the same world as Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and everything else. So that's thing number one. And that's also why I think it's going to happen in the first episode, because then they can deal with the... It's kind of like Flashpoint, you know, it happened right away, and we saw the ripple effects in the other shows. Um, I think Crisis is going to kind of be like that, where now they're in our Earth and existing in the same world, and that's going to cause some changes. Um, it also might mean that we'll get Jesse Quick back as a regular character, as well as that Wells may also come back as a regular character. We'll have to see about that. But definitely Oliver Queen is going to die. Hopefully, the other thing that will happen is John Diggle will get his green power ring, which was mentioned in this episode, and something that we fans have been waiting for a very long time. I don't know. We'll talk about more about Crisis as you know, it approaches. Overall, it was a great, great, great Great, 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 great crossover event this year. Really enjoyed it. If you haven't watched it and you still listen to me talk about all this, definitely go talk to it. Go, go talk to it. Go, go watch it because, as you can tell, I'm kind of low energy because I have a cold. It, I, I can't really get as excited as I want to over this because I will start sneezing and coughing, and that does not make for good audio. Anywho, if you enjoyed this episode, thank you. If the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate either this episode or this podcast, um, please do that. That helps me out a lot. That tells the algorithms to share me with other people. If you can, please share me with other people so that the podcast can continue to grow. 
If you have a dollar you can throw my way, you can either hit support in the app that you're listening to me on, if that's an option. If not, go to the show notes and you will see a link that says support on Anchor. If you click that, you can support me at the $1, $5, $10 a month levels. That really does help me continue to do everything that I do. Um, yeah. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like me to discuss on the show, please download the Anchor app at anchor.fm. Follow me. I'm Project Shadow on there. Click the um, voice message button, and you can leave me up to a one-minute voice message. And, yeah. if it Keep it clean, and if it's good, I'll use it on the show. I've enjoyed doing that in the past. I would love to do more of those in future. Um... If you want to follow me on social media, you can go to projectshadow.com and find links to everything that I do over there. Twitter is the best place to find me. If you want to support everything that I do, head over to patreon.com slash cedorset and follow me over there. Okay, I think that's it. Hi. Hopefully I will be doing better tomorrow. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, until then, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.